Good morning, everyone. This is Ben Sadiq, your host for 3P Ball, a competitive fantasy basketball podcast. This episode will highlight my week 15 opponent, Jin. Now, I refer to him as Jin Cheese in this episode, in this series, but it's one of two nicknames. The other nickname is in contention because it gets passed around with others, but it did uh, originate through um, Jin or towards Jin, and that was the swindler of our league. Now, more to that later, and I'll expand on that, but in this series and podcast, he'll be known as Jin Cheese. Now, he is a silver player in Yahoo with an all-time record of 83 and 77 and a winning percentage of 520. Now, while his all-time record may not look great on paper, it was uh, not unplanned. He has two championship rings since his entry into our league in 2016. Now, in our league, league of 10 teams, I have about four uh, opponents, I'd say, that are my year-by-year don't win list or my hit list. Now, number four was my last week's opponent in the Dark Vapor, Talal. Jinji's has flip-flopped one, two, one, two, one, two, almost every other year. Some Some even years, Giants bullshit, but he's number two this year on my hit list of players I don't want winning and I wish them all the misery that fantasy basketball has to offer. Now, Jin and I go back across multiple platforms, different fantasy sports, real life basketball. We are the yin and yang. We don't see eye to eye, hyper competitive, outspoken individuals, a lot of opinions and typically just happen to be polar opposites of one another. And so you can see it's a recipe for us just being rivals throughout the many years. In playoffs, we haven't actually faced off too many times, but nonetheless, he is seen in our league as one of their elite players, crafty player, who is always a threat, even when he's not in the playoffs. You never know what late game magic he'll pull to just get into the playoffs and win it all together. Now we go back to 2016. 2016 is a huge marker for our league. I say this because in 2019, 2020, and to present day, we're in a ruthless aggression era. We're in the era where everyone's hyper-competitive, they're seasoned, they are winning, trying to win, and uh, invested in the league, as well as just a lot of savagery with name changes, our last place sacral punishments are increasing in severity year by year but prior to that year prior to 20 if we say 2019 prior to that there was an era which i dubbed the gin cheese era that era from 2016 to 2019 gin cheese made his presence known he did this through trades he did this through different waiver methodology he did this through through even just uh, opinions and feedback and also team strategy. 
and build strategy. So going to 2016, his first year, he drafted Cat, Giannis, Butler, and Porzingis. Uh, and his regular season record was 86 and 83. Now that looks like a 500 team on record and on paper, but he won that year. He conducted two trades, one with the Heat, where he traded Greg Monroe and I don't even know this guy, Frazier, Tim Frazier, John Frazier, Joe Frazier. I don't know what Frazier, I don't know who that guy is even, but he traded those two players to our first year entry, Vahid, for Dennis Schroeder, who ended up performing top 40 for the rest of the year. If that wasn't lopsided enough, he also conducted a trade with back-to-back reigning champion Ali, the winner of 14 and 15, where he traded Wiggins and Porzingis for Bledsoe and Capella. Porzingis got hurt, as is yearly for him. He's currently week-to-week with his own injury this season. And Wiggins, I don't think he performed that well. In hindsight, I didn't look at the stats, but Ali got hosed. He lost. His reign ushered in with the ending, the gin cheese era. These two trades perfected what was a 5-4 build, first of its kind in our league through Jet. Now, at that time, we had an eight-team league, and six out of eight made the playoffs. So you can see a 5-4 build made complete sense, and he was unstoppable. No one can figure it out. No one can beat it, and he just bulldozed through our league and won the title. 2017, we were split attention into two leagues. I think Jin had some injuries. He didn't finish um, uh, high in our playoffs. Uh, And in 2018, I didn't play, but he won, and apparently he dominated. So, again, the eight-team regime, Jin just made his patented staple 5-4 team structures and just no resolve. 2019 and onward, we moved to 10-team. We lowered the amount of waiver moves you can make as we used to have four and we changed to three. And finally, there was a little bit more hyper awareness on trades and DM slides. So gin cheese, what is gin cheese? One of the factors outside of lopsided trades was he would slide into your DMs, always trying to make a trade. Now the trades he would make, he would always roast his own players or sorry, roast the players that he's receiving and praise the players he's getting. If that wasn't enough, he would include players that he recently grabbed from the waiver wire and try to trade them, or the inverse, he would try to trade players that he would later, if the trade was unsuccessful, would put back into waivers. And a lot of us caught on and we would get cheesed. Hence, Jim Cheese. (sighs) So... Obviously, 2019 was the COVID year. 2020, he tried to mimic the 5-4 build. It didn't work out for him. And then 2021, he had worked out a trade that was first of our league history vetoed within our league for it changing the balance, the competitive structure of our league. Now, there was two sides to it. Half the group didn't wanted the trade to go through. I was part of that side. So were some, several of us, obviously. And then the other side said it would break the fun and the competitive drive of the league and we should veto it. 
after a lot of deliberation, a lot of jury management, a lot of cases being heard from all sides, we opted to um, veto the trade and disband it altogether. Now, I believe the trade had Will Barton, I want to say Will Barton, Will Barton, ah, I can't even recall. Oh my God, I had it memorized for a while, but uh, if I was to highlight that trade, he was getting a gigantic lopsided trade out of that. It was league breaking for sure. Will Barton sticks out because Will Barton was essential part of that team and he was waiver gutter or Jin will argue against that, but we all viewed him as that. Now, Jin's historic strengths are he's a great waiver wire hawk. He stays up late at night. He does. He manages his waiver priority by staying up, picking up those 3 a.m. players. And he's, he's good at picking up those gems or the players that really make an impact week to week or season long. He is great and winning trades historically. Uh, even the 50-50 calls... He ends up typically, typically I say, on the winning side of a trade. Now there's been instances where he didn't win, but if you're making a trade with Jen, typically, historically, he has won it. And also he tinkers continuously. He's always changing his strategy, changing his cats based on his waiver and trade pickups. He's always evolving. And that's why he's never down and out. His weaknesses, He's not a good drafter. Um, it's hard to gauge his strategy going into the draft or after the draft. It seems like he just kind of picks players, the um, best player average, uh, best player available maybe. But he picks, he picks a draft and kind of like Shaq gets it gets into shape throughout the season. The pivot from eight team has been a to ten team has been a slow process change for him. He used to do the five four builds, obviously in a ten team, six making it a playoff format. Five four is not enough, and so he's had to pivot his strategy, which is starting to come together and bear its fruits. As well as his reputation has taken a hit through the years, uh, obviously through all the trade deals, all of the. Um, DM messages that are now publicized and all the personalities that talk for one way or another. He is now viewed as a trading connoisseur. A deal with the devil is being made. And that obviously makes it hard to craft trades and uh, influence the league. Now, I say that he still averages a trade a year. So he manages it and kudos to him for that. And uh, that's kind of his breakdown. So, crafty man with a killer, killer instinct in fantasy basketball. This year, he's currently sitting second place, eight games back from first place, Shiroz. Uh, Week 15, he's obviously facing myself, currently fifth seeded, followed by Byron at seed three, followed by Shiroz at seed one, Sunny at seed seven, Talal at seed 10, and then he ends the regular season against Ali, currently 6th seed. I'd say that's a very hard strength of schedule. Sunny and Talal being the only ones 
uh, not currently in the playoffs. However, they both had a myriad of injuries. They're healthy now, and Talal has made a trade for Jokic recently, and the Cats' strategies have completely differed. So I think it's a very tough rest of season for Jim. In his draft, he, he had the fifth pick, and he drafted Kevin Durant. Who was phenomenal, ranked number one until his injury. He did trade Durant, though. That was his trade of the season so far for Zach Levine and Anthony Simons. He, I assume, presume, wanted quantity, traded for the points, the threes, and some peripherals as Durant's great all around, but doesn't really stand out anywhere. And he's definitely... Um, brought in a lot of threes through that trade now his second round pick was anthony edwards who had a sole start but has been dominating as of late devin booker at three who's been injured but he's been consistent demar derozan again consistent at his fourth pick his fifth pick was brandon ingram who just has been dead and i don't know i don't know what this lingering toe is at this point Number six is Christian Wood, who had a slow start, and then come him being inserted into the starting squad. He's been averaging three blocks, 11 boards, 20 points, and has been hitting his free throws, which was an interesting um, change as he had DeMar DeRozan and some historically Kevin Durant originally, so some good free throw shooters. We were I was wondering if Christian Wood would be too much of a negative but he's turned it around but obviously he's been injured as of late and apparently there's some issues with his offhand um, so it might be lingering throughout the season so we'll see what happens when he's back Joseph Nurkic at round seven Keegan Murray at round eight which I thought was a little early but he did end up dropping his eighth round pick in Keegan Murray Number nine was Jaron Jackson at pick pick 85. Fantastic. I really wanted him. I really wanted him. I should have got him at the turn, but Jaron Jackson got picked up and he came back earlier. It's just winning him blocks almost single-handedly. His round 10, 11, 12, 13 were Sadiq Bey, Trey Jones, Kelly Oubre, and Pokusevsky, all of whom have been dropped for players out of the waiver. As I mentioned, that's his strength and his draft is not his strength. There's five out of the 13 picks he uh, tossed to the waivers and uh, Kevin Durant was traded for two other players. So looking at his squad, uh, Anthony Simons, Anthony Edwards, Zach Levine, Kevin Herter has been good for threes. Norm Powell has been hot lately from the threes, especially with the Clippers getting healthy. Al Horford, who he picked up from waivers, who's been good. Efficient, hits threes, good, decent uh, late-round big. Clay Thompson, he picked that up from waivers, and that was a bad drop. We have him rated as one of the worst drops in our league who's, you know, originally concerned was if how often he'd be playing, but it seems like he's playing often and keeping a huge source of threes. Nurkic, obviously, and then he's dealing with four injuries right now. Brendan Ingram, Christian Wood, Devin Booker, and Devin Vessel being the interesting one. I mentioned earlier, he had two rosters full, his two slots full in Booker and Ingram at the time. He picked up Vessel knowing he's not going to be back until post-All-Star break. And he's 
purposely sporting at least one extra injury. So he's playing handicap, but it is purposeful. And is that cocky? Is that the right move? We will see. I think looking at it, he's pretty confident. Obviously, he'll still make playoffs and he's going for that championship window. It's a risk as seed three to eight can flip-flop week by week and seed two and eight can flip-flop in two weeks. So it's a hyper-competitive league right now and it's a gamble, but he's going for that late round. Looking at his team overall, I'd say he's bottom quartile in field goal, very strong top quartile in free throws. He's top quartile in threes and points and blocks and turnovers. And where he suffers most likely are rebounds and assists. He's, he's okay, Not, nothing special. And steals, he's also okay. So you face him, you know you're battling heavy on the field goal, assist steals. Um, you can expect favorable results if you're not punting those, but free throws, threes, points, and turnovers, it is tough to top him on that. So he's very all-round build, especially with Kevin Durant being removed from his lineup for two players. He has no glaring weakness. Uh, he's strong in all cats. He's a championship contender. And he has the luxury of if one of his players get removed, Sons, maybe Jaron Jackson Jr., his team strategy doesn't really change. So especially with all the resting and injuries, hard punts are hard to hold. And um, let's see this new strategy, how it does. But he's definitely a championship contender. I'll say his upcoming improvements are he continues to have one waiver stream that, and he's elite in waivers. So as long as he's streaming that well and finds the player that he needs for the week, he'll be fine. He recently picked up Herbert Jones, obviously vying for the steals because that's going to be a hyper-competitive match between myself and him and could be the turning point between a 6-3 or a 5-4 win slash loss. And then his improvements are obviously he needs his team healthy. Booker, Brandon Ingram, Vessel coming back. Christian Wood will help his steals, up his boards, help his efficiencies. He needs those players. Those are his field goal producing, steal generating assets. He gets those and those mid-ranked cats I talked about suddenly become top quartile cats. What are his risks? Well, it's hard to... For him to waiver stream due to the depth of his lineup that's a problem for the one percenters if his team's healthy why do you need to waiver especially late game but does remove one of his strongest skills that he has um christian wood hot is it a hot streak is he gonna return to the same form we don't know is jjj gonna play late season he rested last year for Shiroz when he had him. He may not be available for him come playoffs. DeRozan or Levine getting traded uh, could change their usage and how they continue to perform. How will Ant look when Cat's back? Uh, or how will he look if Delos traded? And that hip injury that, or uh, sorry, that knee, that degrading knee of Will that hold up throughout the season? Will they be resting him? 
Anthony Simons is obviously obviously hot and cold, and a lot of it depends on Dame's playing time. So, which Anthony Simons will he get? And what is the actual return date for Brandon Ingram and Vessel again? Getting his healthy players back. So it's a big legacy season for Jen. He needs the win to prove that he can win in a 10-team league. He's obviously viewed as a threat. He's made his trade. I'm sure there's more on the table. He's always tinkering. And let's see what this matchup and the rest of the season brings. So welcome to week 15, the Jen Cheese Matches. Bye now.